episode 187, Mike Pichota, Prison to Prosperity. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher, now turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. Head over to ayalpha.com, the number one place for you to get the most out of the show. It is time to awaken your alpha. Okay, we have a great one for you today. It's all about from prison to prosperity. And we're here with Mike Pichota. Um, He's an online marketing strategist, funnel fanatic and business coach whose no-nonsense results-driven approach has helped thousands of entrepreneurs grow their businesses. Mike's journey from inmate to entrepreneur began when he was 18 with a 10-year sentence ahead and a huge choice to make in the midst of an environment designed to make him fail. In almost seven years since his release from prison, Mike has overcome societal stigmas, challenges, and numerous failures to build several very profitable and successful businesses alongside his partner, and wife Robin. Mike has been featured in Forbes magazine. Mike is a dedicated father of John and Sophia. He believes that if he was able to achieve success and financial freedom, then anyone can. So silly question, Mike, but are you ready to awaken your alpha? Let's do it, man. Thanks for having me, bro. No worries, no worries. Is there anything you'd like to highlight? Or- um, you know, I, let's kind of roll with it, man. I, I'm sure yeah. everybody listening, you know, when you hear that, like, I spent 10 years in prison, it immediately perks the ears up and people are like, wow, holy crap, what happened? What does that mean? And how the heck did you create success from that? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take the, the, the listeners' thoughts <laughs> and myself as well. Probably when the first question they pop up. What did you do? I mean, I'm just going to... So here's... Yeah, man. So I'll give you, I'll give you the background, right? So as, yeah. as you shared the bio, you know, I was 18, right? And for the first 18 years of my life, man, um, the world that I grew up in and the world that I was exposed to was just completely negative, entirely dysfunctional, drugs in the home. And though I did have both a mother and a father there with me, which is one unusual for my other peers around me, mm-hmm. um, the environment and what I was around and saw and was exposed to was just completely negative. And it ultimately led me to waking up in a jail cell at 18 years old and no idea why I was there. I, like I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I wake up in a jail cell. There's a, there's a piece of paper telling me that, that I was charged with armed robbery. And I had no idea what I'd done, right? I had overdosed the night before on like 12 Xanax bars, which should have killed me, they said. Um, and apparently robbed the store, woke up in a jail cell. No idea what had happened to me, man. And so Jeez. that moment, that moment, right? Realizing that, like seeing, wow, dude, do you look at what you just did to yourself? And you don't even know what happened the night before was really a brick wall for me. And it really just smashed me right in my face and caused me to wake up. And, you know, from there, and there's obviously there's 10 years of things that have happened and, you know, what took place in prison and how the situations and the environment really worked to develop much needed character, much needed resolve, and, you know, just much needed focus to come out the other side of that, man, and create success. But I I do remember there was one kind of pivotal moment during that time, and it was about a year into my sentence, and I had gone from the county system to the actual state prison system after they'd sentenced me to the 10 years. Yeah. 
and I'm about 19 years old and I'm up in my jail, so my, my, my prison cell and I'm, I'm exercising, I'm doing push-ups and stuff and I'm talking to God. I'm having this internal conversation, kind of praying, you know, just talking with myself, realizing. And at that moment, I'd made the determination and a realization that I believe shaped the entire rest of my time. And I realized at that moment that it was the choices that I had made in life. It wasn't my parents' fault. It wasn't the environment. It wasn't the police, my friends. It was nobody's fault but my own for why I was where I was. I'd made that choice and I chose to give up 10 years of my freedom. But I also realized at that moment that I had another choice to make. And that choice was that I, although I'd given up 10 years of freedom, I was not going to give them 10 years of my life. And so that choice at that moment is what shaped how I did my time. And throughout 10 years, I used every waking moment that I had to improve myself, develop character. I learned how to read, write, and speak five languages. I delved into business, marketing, the Bible, personal development. I exercised like a rabid dog and (laughs) everything that I could do, man, to just prepare myself, dude, because... You know, you got to realize 18 to 28 is a pretty pivotal prime time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like prime time, man. Like that's like alpha male moment, right? That's where, you know, you become a man really. It's it's almost like you had, you you kind of had that 10 years in front of you before you properly started your life. And like you said, you took the mindset of just right. Yeah. I'm just going to prep myself. So I come out fully loaded as it were. Yeah, dude. And and I, and I have to be honest, you know, to talk about some of the mindset, because people ask me about it, you know, I think one of the things that I struggled with the most and, and just really had to just kind of dig deep was because it's that, that, that prime male moment where you're, you know, family, you're developing a career. And I knew that everybody on the other side of the fences was doing these things. And I would be walking out at a complete disadvantage. You know, I'm 28 years old when I come out. Everybody my age, they've got families. They probably bought multiple cars. They bought their first house. They're established in their careers. Here I am walking out of prison with, like, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. None of these things. And I think it, you know, to to kind of give people some perspective of what 10 years, like what that really felt like to come out the other side is during my 10 years in prison, there was a couple of very, very key things that happened to society. And one of those was a thing called Google became on the scene, right? Yeah. No Google existed. So what year year did you go go into prison? 1999. Blimey. And so, I mean, the the prison system obviously is slightly different to England. I mean, when... When you went in and they sentenced you, did you get sentenced for 10 years and you knew you was going to serve that? Because in England, they yes. like, they let people out. <laughs> they do early releases a lot. So you get saved oh. 10 years and then for good <laughs> behavior, you might be out in like five or something. That doesn't really happen here, does it? They're quite harsh. Yeah, no, it, it was, um, and, and, and you know, they do have that, but the particular yeah. sentence was what they call a mandatory sentence. Okay, so I yeah, have yeah. the opportunity to get good time. It yeah. was, it was 3,650 days day for day. And, you know, so like I said, like, so I I had come home, man, to this world where Google existed, Facebook existed, Twitter. I never even had seen a flat screen TV or a smartphone or any of these things. Yeah, blindly. Come home, man. And like the first weekend that I'm home, my wife and I go to this concert and I'm at this concert. And I'm seeing these younger teenage kids and they're all like in their smartphones. They're just, they're texting. They look like a squirrel with a nut. They're just going, <laughs> right? Yes. I feel so alienated because I have no idea how to use any of this stuff. Yep. I've never seen it, man. And so these were kind of things that arose within me, man. But I, again, 
everything is about a choice. I've, I always, I, I think I always kind of leaned on that, that I had a choice to be overwhelmed, defeated and say, oh, woe is me, the world passed me by, or to turn that for the better, man. And I, I, I just continue to make that choice. Yeah, you talked about your, your wife there as well. I mean, it's really interesting. You didn't, you met your wife, you didn't meet your wife before you went into prison. You met her no. from prison. How did, can you tell us about, how did that come apart? And obviously, we could do a whole episode on that. But um, so about two and a half years into my sentence, um, they had sent me to a facility for young guys, for youth yes. under 21. Um, and I was listening to the radio one night and I was trying to get more towards the positive music. So I was listening to a Christian rap station and my wife now happened to be the DJ for that radio station. And I heard her on the radio um, and me and a group of guys loved the show. She was incredibly fun to listen to, just really funny and bubbly. And it was a really cool show. Yeah. And after a couple months of listening to it, I asked my mom, I said, mom, do me a favor, call this show and just ask the girl her name's Robin if she'll play some songs for us and whatnot. And Robin on the other side of the fences, so she grew up in a Christian home, never had been, she never had smoked a cigarette in her life. So the yeah. worlds were completely <laughs> different, right? So yeah. when she learned that her music was, and her, her, you know, her show was reaching and impacting those in the prison world, that she had no idea. She thought we just ate bread and drank, you know, no water and stayed behind bars all day. She had no idea what it was really like on the inside. And so it really blew her away. She came on the air. She played the songs, gave us all a shout out. We felt famous. And um, <laughs> you know, we, she gave us the, the, the address to the radio station. She said, hey, I'd love to hear from you guys how the show's impacted you. Right. And, you know, so I started writing and most of the other guys wrote her trying to, you know, get hookups with her yeah, and all this yeah. and that. And I didn't. I had no, I knew I had about eight and a half years ahead of me. And I was yeah. like, you know, I, <laughs> Listen, I, this is not the direction I want to go in and stuff. And we just started writing as friends and months and months went by of writing and just kind of just getting to know one another, man. And yeah. it, just, it, it just, you know, kind of divine appointment just kind of led to that. And here we are now. Wow. We've been about, we're going on seven years of being married. We got a five-year-old and a two-year-old and several successful businesses. Awesome. That is, that, is, that is, you know, I'm just looking at that and I'm thinking, wow, because that's another thing, like you said, going into prison for that kind of prime time of your life, you would kind of assume you're not going to be able to get a girlfriend or get, you know, yeah, right? get, get fiancé, but it's, yeah, it's, it's all about mindset. So you made it happen. That's awesome. So, I think it is about mindset for sure. Definitely. So, I mean, when you came out, it was almost, you've had obviously the, the tough times through prison and obviously I'm sure that was very mentally tough. Was there, in, in, in jail, was there kind of routines, obviously, that you can't control your day to a certain extent, but I mean, was there routines that gave you some stability in terms of the, the mental game? Because I think that's what would kill most people, um, not the environment, just the, the mentality, like we said, of, that is the prime of your life, kind of, you are in jail for that time. Um, and some people would give up mentally. <laughs> what did you? Yeah, yeah, and, and to give you know folks context, man, is it's it's you know being somebody who wants to change their life and do positive and study and mm -hmm. improve themselves makes you a minority in that environment because unfortunately most of those guys in that environment all they want to do is become better criminals, get involved in gangs, do drugs and gamble. That's all they really want to be doing. And so yeah. for me to be the guy that is just immersing himself in personal development, you know, I just uh, in invited oh my goodness of yeah. haters just constantly oh you're never gonna do you're just doing that now you know all this kind of stuff man and with that was a tremendous amount of 
you know, just activity of folks really almost kind of trying to sabotage, not just from the inmates, but officers as well, dude. But, you know, my wife, she would send me books um, as I was learning how to read and write Spanish. She'd send me like investment books so that my vocabulary would be like really, really higher level for the business world. And the officers would come and they'd search my locker. And if I couldn't provide a receipt, they'd take all my books. And they knew that I'd get them back at some point. But they did these things just to make it difficult, man, because yeah. they really believe that we belong there. And if we've we failed at life once, that's it. Life's over. We're failures. And that's it, man. And yeah. so it did. You know, that that moment that I shared in that cell where I had made that commitment, you know, mm-hmm. that it wasn't just that one time that I made it and then every day was easy, you know, yeah. and the same thing out here in life, you know, that commitment that I made in that cell was a commitment I had to make every single day that I was going to live and make the most out of my life every single day. And, you know, there was just tons of adversities and, you know, we could talk for hours about all the yeah. different ones, obviously of in 10 years, there was tons <laughs> of situations and circumstances and, you know, fights that you have to get in sometimes and fights you try to avoid and bad situations and, all kind of different things, man. And the thing that I think is really interesting and that I kind of realized, and I think it really helped me to get successful on the other side of the fences, is that I realized while I was in that life on the other side was probably not going to be that much different. Yeah, I could eat the food that I want, or I could have a beer here and there, or go watch a movie if I want to. But there were still going to be challenges. You know, the world was not going to just open up and say, hey, welcome back, Mike. Yeah. Here's kind of a red carpet to walk down. I knew that there would be challenges. And that was kind of, I think, one of the things that I focused the most on preparing myself yeah. for was doors being shut in my face, adversity, people judging me, people not accepting me. And I kind of welcomed that. And so as I walked out of prison, you know, um, within a month or so, my wife and I, we actually got married about six weeks after I'd come I was, was going to, yeah, I was going to ask you, while you was in prison, did you, the entrepreneurial route, was that, when did that come into your thinking? Was that like an early thought, right? No, yes. you know, no one's going to employ me. I've got to make this happen myself <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it did. And, and it's cool because my first entrepreneurial experience came around learning languages. So mm-hmm. I learned Spanish from a guy that had been doing his time very similar to me. And he was probably one of the few mentors that I had inside the prison system. He taught me the language and he also taught me how to learn a language, which I was able to apply to learn Spanish, Italian, French, and Greek. Yeah. And after I'd learned Spanish, I had all of these guys just chasing, hey, man, teach me, teach me. And one of the things I found, and that this, this guy, Tyrone, when he taught me Spanish, he told me, he said, as many times as he tried to teach guys, no one ever valued it because he did yeah. it for free. So all these guys are chasing after me. And so what I said is, I said, listen, I'll do a class twice a week. And it's going to cost you guys. And in prison, we trade ramen noodle soups and potato chips and tuna packets, right? Yep. So I charge these guys a couple ramen noodle soups to teach them Spanish. And I actually developed, this was my very first program, if you will. Yeah. I developed a program to teach the language. And 70% of those guys actually learn the language, how to read it, write it. And uh, so that was kind of my first awesome, entrepreneurial yeah. experience. But I also knew, you know, when I came home from prison, my wife and I, we didn't really know what we were going to do in the world, what we were going to do for business or jobs. There was only one thing that we did know that we wanted, and that was freedom. Yeah. And so everything that we did, we kind of filtered it through that light of, is this going to give us freedom? And obviously, the very first place we wanted freedom was from not having to do a nine to five and drive to work and yeah. be told what to do. And so 
you know, you do need money. You know, when I first come home, I needed money. So I did try to get a job yep. and, you know, people would interview me and then they'd find out about my record and they would mm. never call me back. Yeah. And at the same time, my wife who had a job, she lost her job because she married me. So we're like in this total pickle, man, where we got yeah. bills, no job, no income. And my wife and I just looked at each other. We dug deep and we said, you know what? We're going to make our own way. And we started actually going out on like trash nights in our local neighborhood, looking for items that we could sell on Craigslist uh, and yep. use that money to fund our first online business. Wow. That is, you know, that is starting from, that is something anyone could do, no matter how this, I think it's inspiring in terms of your situation and where you started this from. Um, and I just want to sort of jump forwards a little bit in terms of, now we've, we've been talking, you've got, you know, multiple businesses that are doing very well. What is it that obviously through that journey of just trial and error as well and progression, but what is it you think you do now? What have you got that enables you to launch these multiple businesses um, successfully? Because obviously I know you've got a lot of people would be happy with just one bit successful business. I know you've got multiple businesses. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? What is it your secret source? Do you think you bring apart from <laughs> For an sure, unbreakable man. mindset? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, outside, you know, mindset, I think is really probably 80, 90% of everything in life. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's definitely, there's a process that my wife and I kind of developed, you know, over the years. And what, what, what was, was the uh, first business that you feel like that you feel whether, you know, you might've had ones before that, but you really felt actually this is a success. Well, it might have been, you know, the Craigslist one initially, but yeah, uh, yeah, the Craig. I, I think the Craigslist one. I, it wasn't really a business. It was no. just us straight <laughs> hustling, man. We were just, yeah. <laughs> we were just on the grind. We just had bills to pay, and yeah. you know, we wanted to grow a business. And I think, you know, we were, we were really, really risk prone. Like we did, we weren't afraid to take money and say, hey, do we have to pay a bill, or are we going to pay for a website? We'd yeah. pay for the website because we knew that it was an investment in the long term thing. So. That kind of went on and, and that kind of developed because as we started doing that, we started getting some of our first clients for the done for you marketing stuff. So we built websites, mm -hmm. you know, we would do marketing funnels, we would do Facebook ads, we would do the marketing services for clients. And we were able to build that within about 18 months to multiple six figures. And after about two year mark of doing that, we were burned out, dude. And we yeah. looked at each other, we were actually in North Michigan, where you are in the middle of the winter. <laughs> Right. We're yep. in this tiny, we're in this really small town, dude. And there's no internet there at my, at, at my father-in-law's house. There's no internet. So every day we would have to drive down this mountain in the middle of winter with 200 pounds of sandbags in the back of the SUV so that we wouldn't slide off the road. <laughs> and get up. You know what I you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's part of being there. It's part of being in North Michigan in the winter. You're going to get yeah. stuck. So we'd, we'd peruse down this hill. It would take us about 45 minutes to get to town where her dad's little church was. And we'd go in there and we'd have to get on the internet to do client work, answer yeah. emails. And my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, we're here, we're on vacation and it's Christmas time, but we're slaves to yeah. this business. And we said, you know what? When we were creating this, the only thing that we thought about as far as freedom is concerned was financial freedom. We never really considered the importance of time freedom. And so we looked at ourselves and we said, you know what, we're going to change this. And from that Christmas into that next new year, which was 12 into 13, we yes. looked at each other and we said, that's it. We're done. We fired all of our clients and we launched into strictly strategic development, coaching, consulting, and just doing that sort of things. And no more of the kind of done for you side. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I mean, where we are now. Absolutely awesome. So, I mean, 
what then so in terms of th that business is that's obviously still going now you said you you launched multiple businesses is that yeah. sort of through collaborating with people is that completely unrelated areas and no so here's so we in terms we of the you. funnel or the setup you give yes. obviously you haven't got time to go into the details but what is it what is your, sort of your general process for someone who's listening in so definitely. So here's what, you know, my wife and I, whenever we get like an idea for in our main business, which is the coaching, consulting, marketing, your purpose.com, which you shared, um, you know, we have info products. So whenever we decide, instead of us sitting around and going, Hey, here's what we think is going to be a great product. Let's go do all the work of creating it and yeah. building the, the funnel and then putting it out there. And because what we find is when we go through that process, more often than not, we find that, well, what we thought people wanted to buy was not so much what they wanted to buy. Yes. And instead we reversed the process and we put things out there to prove the concept at a very, very small viable option to prove that people are actually willing to pay for what we think we want to put out there. And then from there, once we prove that, then we go through the process of building and, and creating and stuff. And we I actually just use that process and it applies to physical products, info products, even a book. I've got a book coming out. And when I had the concept for the book, I sat down and my wife and I talked and I said, you know, I could go through the six to 12 months of writing a 300 page book and all that is involved in it. And it's a huge, you know, cumbersome task and process mm -hmm. to write a book, get it published. I said, and you know, I could go through all of that only to find out that people don't really want what I think they want. Yeah. So I said, let me do a smaller Kindle version of the book that's more condensed, some of the more poignant points of, of my story, get it out there faster and prove that people actually really want to hear about this and then use that to get feedback as to what do they want to know more about, what didn't they like, what would they like to hear more, what do they want me to share more about yeah. and allow the market yeah. to tell me what they want instead of me going to the market and trying to tell the market, here's what you want, buy it. And so this process, and it applies in so many ways, but is a really, really simple way to save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars on logos and photo shoots and websites and creation of content and products only to find out that people don't really want what you think they want. Yeah. No, I, so I completely agree. And that, that, that comes up a lot in sort of the people I interview as well. It's, it is huge because it's some, a lot of the time people get very precious over what they're creating and they get stuck in this sort of build it and they will come mentality. Yeah, exactly. If they don't like it, it's, it's their problem. <laughs> and, 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 and I can't claim a whole lot of genius behind this because <laughs> we actually developed the process from failing so many times. So, you know, yeah. from, from, from going through doing all the work and putting something together, like our very first e-commerce venture, which was about a year and a half ago, my wife and I thought we had this great idea. It was a political niche. We're going to build this e-commerce store. We spent thousands of dollars on an intricate mm. e-commerce website and built this Facebook page and all these mock-ups for shirt designs and phone cases and all this stuff only to put it out there, dude, and to realize that people didn't want to buy what we thought they would. And so we yeah. went back to the drawing board and we said, never again are we going to do that. And so we developed a process where now we have the other side of what we do. You said we have multiple business. E-commerce yeah. is a big thing. So the other side of our business is multiple e-commerce brands that, that are doing very, very well. They'll cross over the seven-figure mark this year. And we awesome. start every single one of them with this same process that I'm talking about. We start really, really small and prove that people really want to buy what we think they yeah. want to buy and then scale and then go further with it. Absolutely awesome. Right, so we're through to the alpha round. So this is where we're going to get any sort of 
tools, tips and resources and really try and give people listening something they can, you know, go away and look up. So, I mean, oh, right. in terms of when it comes to marketing in general, is there a, well, I, I suppose you can have two books here. Is there a book that you really think is powerful in terms of marketing um, or is just a, your all time favorite book that, you know, has inspired you, you know, why you was in prison or after since? Uh, there's two books. There's one that yeah. when, when I was in prison that I, that just really, really shaped the way that I think. And I actually had the opportunity to interview the guy who wrote his name is Larry Wing. And the book's called, it's called work for a reason. And it really shaped just the way that I think. And, you know, it, in the online space, I think people kind of get caught up in people on Facebook posting their pictures of their Ferraris and their yeah. Lamborghini that don't realize how long and how much work was put in to create those successes. And so that book is really, really good. And I think there's another one from the marketing perspective mm -hmm. that I really like. I don't remember who wrote it. I have it here in my office. It's called Biology, B-U-Y-ology. Yep. And the concept of the book is really the psychology behind what makes people buy. And I think from a business perspective, if you can really get your hands on that, what drives your customers, what makes them take the action that you want them to take, sets you leagues ahead of your competition. Cool. And is there a, a resource out there on the internet or it, whether it's paid or free that you think is really essential when in your marketing setup, it could be, you know, some software. I know there's lots of people who use things like lead pages um, or, specifically when it comes to your e-commerce? Because I know obviously that, like you said, you've got two really separate businesses. Is there any yes, resources? I, 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 would, I would definitely chime in with you. Lee, I'm a huge advocate of lead pages. We've actually been using them since the launch. So we've been okay. there since the ground floor. I, I love all the guys that are there, man. Great, great tool for anybody looking to get into online marketing. It'll save you thousands of hours of time and just yeah. lots of dollars on developers and all this other stuff. So I would highly recommend lead pages as a tool. Okay, cool. And what are your thoughts on uh, Infusionsoft, or I suppose, what, what uh, email marketing do you I, I would say I, we personally use Infusionsoft, yep. so I would definitely recommend Infusionsoft, but I would also say we didn't start using Infusionsoft. Yeah. A little expensive. Um, yes, and, yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat as well. I, uh, I was on Aweber for years, and I've just recently moved to Infusionsoft. Yeah. And, and, you know, for most folks, you know, a lot of folks are starting out, we're bootstrapping, you know, mm -hmm. every dollar really, really matters. And so I would say for us, we started out probably the first year or two, we use what's called one shopping cart, which yep. is probably one tenth of the price of Infusionsoft. It offers mm -hmm. some very, very similar um, features and stuff. Obviously, I would say Infusion's better, but for you getting started, you know, focus on the fastest things to just get your stuff out there, yeah. start getting some customers and then go bigger. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, and if usually, especially at that stage, if it's not working, it's not going to come down to the, the tool. tool you use. Yeah, <laughs> whether you've got yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it's fun. It's good that you bring that up, man, because a lot of people, I think they do kind of think that the tool is like the magic thing. Like, yeah. my stuff's not working, but if I buy Infusionsoft, that's going to take <laughs> from zero to one million. And it's not the tool. The tool can't do what you don't know. Yes, completely agree. Yeah, it's, it's just going to amplify your results. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Okay, is there someone, um, again, I feel like it's two, two different lives with you, but maybe from when you was in prison or, again, when you're out of prison, someone that inspired you or you aspired to, you looked up and thought, actually, they've kind of got their, their stuff together and, you know, that's someone you'd like to follow. Is there anyone like that? Uh, you know, one of the things that was a blessing to my wife and I very, very early in our business is we had 
the great privilege to do transcription for some of the big, big, big names mm-hmm. in the sales and marketing space. And one of those guys was Dan Kennedy. And oh, okay. so getting to transcribe and listen to, he actually paid us to transcribe these seminars that people spent 15, 20, even $50,000. What? Hey, that is, that is destiny. What a result getting paid to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and and the cool thing is, is that we weren't dumb to just do, you know, mechanically go through the process. We actually listened and stuff. So definitely, you know, Dan Kennedy stuff, Rich Sheffern was another one that we got to do a lot of his stuff. And like, these guys are like legends. That is, that is also, that's like, like opportunity comes in all different forms. That is like, that is a sign. That is brilliant. And so a lot of what we do and know now comes from that. And there was one thing I think that really shaped how we proceed, you know, how we kind of move forward in business. And Dan Kennedy said, and it's kind of one of the things he lives by. And we were transcribing, he was sharing this in a seminar and he said, I don't care what business you're in, whether it's landscaping, whether you're a web designer, an assistant, a realtor, whatever you're in, if you see yourself as a marketer first, you will fly leagues ahead of your competition and I think that's one of the things that my wife and I really grabbed onto that helped us kind of fly ahead of people that were doing very very similar things to us is because we recognize that what we do what we offer Mm -hmm. is just the byproduct that's that's the secondary thing we're marketers first that's no that's very very powerful and I think sometimes people just sort of they resist it (laughs) they they resist it but like you say even no matter how good you are at what you do if you can't market yourself or get that message across you know you're going to be very limited um eventually yeah i mean really at the end of the day i mean you could have the greatest products and the greatest services in the world but i mean if nobody knows about them then (laughs) nobody you you know what i mean you're just you're like a billboard in the desert you know nobody's going to see it or buy from you (laughs) definitely who do you think um from your network i usually ask for two people maybe someone from your network and someone who you would just like to tune in maybe you you don't know them personally but someone you'd like to tune and listen to their interview who would you recommend I interview next on the show? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Who would that? You kind of caught me on the fly. No, on that no, no worries. So like, as I say, it could be something, whether I can get one or not is another question. But it, so it could be someone really well known. As I say, you'd just like to listen into it could, you know, anyone famous or, or not. Or, and then it could just be someone from your network. Who you uh, I, I know you just had my buddy Nick Unsworth on. I would say him. Great <laughs> guy. Love to listen to his stuff. Um, somebody else, you know, that, that I think that I, that I like, that I follow. He may be a hard one to get, man, but his name is Ben Settle. Oh, really, Ben Settle, yeah. And you, you know who Ben Settle is? Him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, like I agree. Him. You know, he would be a hard one to get. <laughs> but, but he does. He does shows, man. And I think he'd like just the, the alpha side of the show, man. But what yeah. I like about Ben, man, is he's a genius at what he does. Yet he's so down to earth and approachable and just he's and, and a, a, a really, really cool thing about him that I think him and I share when it comes to our business perspectives is he's very, very minimalistic. Like he just wants to focus on the very, very simplified things of doing business, delivering value to his customers and not all these crazy intricate things and all these new tactics and strategies. So I'd love to listen. I listen to anything he puts out anyway. So if you get him on there, I would definitely love to listen to it. And I think the audience would love it. Brilliant. Um, and I know we mentioned obviously some of the ways people can get hold of you at the start of the show, but I mean, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they do want to find out more about you and your story? Uh, there's a couple of places, you know, I just said, I got a book coming out and for anybody looking to get the book, it should be, um, by the time this airs, should be probably already 
up, up on Amazon, um, and you can get that at fromprisontoprosperity.com. Yep. But I would also say probably the best place to connect with my wife and I, we have a, a Facebook group free to join. It's called Marketing Megaminds, and you can go to marketingmegaminds.com, get in the group. There's a bunch of cool resources you get for joining. And then in the group, you know, we're constantly talking about a lot of what we're talking about here as far as the marketing side. Folks get to ask questions, and we do a lot of live video in the group just talking about what we're currently doing what's working and all that cool stuff so great place for folks to just kind of get to know us and get uh kind of get interaction with us brilliant and in closing i know um we mentioned again in your motto in prison was sort of let it make him not break him i mean is there it could be the same one now but is there a, a quote that really resonates with you of how you live your life today and really yes yeah as a matter of fact, as I sit here in my office, right above my whiteboard is a quote that's there above the whiteboard. And it's something that, I, that my wife and I live by. And I think for everybody listening, um, the quote goes, real progress comes from execution, not access to proprietary ideas. And for those listening, it's successful people are successful because they execute, they take action, they implement. It's not because they had, you know, some special tool or some secret formula or any of those things. Yeah, you know, tools and formulas yeah. are okay. But the number one thing that I've seen that separates the successful from the maybe not so successful is execution. They get out there, they make things happen. They've probably fall on their face, but they get up and they keep going. I absolutely love that. I mean, I'm glad I'm recording this because <laughs> one of the things when I coach people, one of the things I literally, we track, again, it's like you said, all these other great things that people can sometimes focus on, we track weekly their execution in terms of what, what we're scoring them. Because like you say, you can lay out all the best things and you can have all the great, you know, access to all the greatest information, but it's what you execute daily and weekly that's gonna ultimately, you know, get your success. So I, I love that, absolutely love that. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure today, Mike. So. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. No worries. Head over to ayalpha.com, the number one place for you to get the most out of the show. It is time to awaken your alpha.